Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? This is episode 177 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. In this episode, I turn the mic over to Lucas Kaser to host with TCK newcomer Tyler Moss as they break down their incoming rookie wide receivers in lead to the NFL Combine. They've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All righty, welcome back to day three of our rookie tiered, uh, top three tiers breakdowns uh, today. Last day, we have wide receivers. We're not doing tight ends because Tyler said that he hates tight ends. So, <laughs> whoa, whoa, yeah, a lot of heat that. on me. Say that. <laughs> um, so, uh, yet again, Tyler's back, and I need to point this way, right? Okay, I think, or I don't know, whatever way I'm pointing. doesn't matter. We're breaking right into it. Um, so, you've heard the quarterbacks and the running backs the last two days, and then as you were hearing this, the wide receivers will be weighing in today, so we'll be interested to see how a lot of those play out. So let's just hop right into it right now. Um, top two are the same, but they're a little bit tiered different. Obviously, as you can see on the side of the screens, I have C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Rager in my tier one, where Tyler just has Lamb alone in his tier one. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't really like placing, like I said, these in like set spots because they could, Lamb could land on yeah. play Team X and then Rager could land on Team X, and obviously we could change it. But I think receivers are a little differing as in – Talent weighs in a little more than the landing spot for me. Um, you saw that with like AJ Brown or like a DK Metcalf last year, like Terry McLaurin, those things you can kind of separate without um, the opportunity. So CeeDee Lamb, break him down for me. Yeah, so um, very, very solid receiver. I think he's the number one. I think this year specifically he separated himself from Judy. Uh, Judy had an excellent sophomore year. If he could have came out last year, I would have loved for him too, but obviously – with NCAA rules, you can't do that. But um, uh, Judy kind of declined this year. It's it's why I give Lamb a little bit of an edge with a really with, with a basically a downgrade at quarterback. I think most people can agree to. Uh, I think Lamb being able to take this giant step over Judy gives him higher draft capital. I think there's a chance that Judy still may be drafted over Lamb, but I think Lamb's the better receiver. Very very great in space. Um, and even with a poor quarterback, can still function very highly on an offense. Yeah, so you look at, like, their breakout ages and their dominators and kind of the benchmarks. Um, these are all from Player Profiler. Kind of the benchmarks you look for in, I guess, like, predictiveness, you could say. Obviously, it's not, like, super set in stone with how they um, turn out. But in terms of, I think, like, a good number, usually you want less than 20, sub-20 breakout age. Um, breakout age is when your dominator – there's two different ways to look at it. Some do 30, but it's actually like 20% is kind of like what player profiler does for dominators. So that's like your total team yards and touchdowns um, divided by the team's total yards and touchdowns. So CB Lamb is a 19.4 breakout. So automatically checks out that sub 20 box. It's a dominator of 38.1%. Judy's is 19.4, similar. And these could be like 19.41 versus 19.48. Like if they're not like on the same day they broke out type thing, um, it's just kind of based off their birthday, obviously, and like the point in the season. But they're both sub-20s, basically what you can check off there. However, CeeDee Lamb kind of showed that more 
playmaking ability when the play broke down as Oklahoma is not that good, not as good as Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, that makes sense. It's just like it's common knowledge. So Judy didn't really have to work as hard for his touchdowns and his plays, I feel like, as Lamb did. Uh, Lamb ranked first in this class in yards after contact, not yards after catch, but after the first initial point of contact, fourth in the nation, first in this class, um, whereas Judy really wasn't high up at all on that chart. I didn't really get his exact number. But really, to me, there really is no, like, huge gap. Like I said, like, it's just kind of, like, up in the air, I think. Um, and either one of these guys is going to help you tremendously on your fantasy teams and your rookie drafts on NFL teams. They're just they're alpha receivers, I think, for whatever team they land on. Um, kind of touching into my last one on Tier 1, I have Jalen Rager. Um, for me, I don't want to say this is, like, a – personal choice or like a fanboy choice I just think that is strictly off talent he checks off all the boxes obviously we'll see where landing spot lands on breakout age 95th percentile at 18.7 so he not only hit the sub 20 but he hit the sub 19 dominator was the 74th percentile and the, the knock with him is that he his stats were down last year and yeah. rightfully so uh their quarterback was a true freshman Max Dugan actually we I didn't play against him in high school, but he, like, we could have if we won the playoff game. We would have played him. He went to uh, Lewis Central, I think, in Iowa school up there. So he's a really good prospect. He had a ton of offers. But, I mean, it's a true freshman in the Big 12 and one of the biggest conferences. Obviously, the defense quality wasn't that great, but just, like, the overall pressure. Uh, 59.8% of his targets were deemed catchable by Sports Sports Info Solutions. So forever, he'd say 10 balls thrown a little bit under six of those were deemed like you can actually catch these. So that just kind of showed how bad the quality of targets were. And, and Rager still produced an okay season. I don't want to say it was anything great. Um, you have him down at your wide receiver four, you could say, but in your tier three, is there kind of like a reasoning why you have him down in there? Well, um, I think a lot of things have to go to capital with him. I think he has the ability like, um, what the Chiefs did last year where they reached for Meikle. Um, I think he has the ability to go fairly high because of his speed and, you know, with obviously the way NFL is changing and the uh, the need for speed on offenses. I think he'll be very highly drafted, but I want to see that first. I, obviously, his numbers weren't great, um, but I chalked that up the situation more than anything else. I think he's a really, really great receiver, great in space, and I definitely think he has the ability, but capital is what's concerning me. I don't really think he can dominate with a bad offense uh, as we saw in stats uh, from TCU this year Um, unlike Lamb and Judy I think he's going to struggle a little bit when put on a a weaker team per se now he can go to a great team and obviously he'll start flying up draft boards but uh, he won't do as well with a poor team than I believe uh, Judy and Lamb can do yeah I can see that I think you kind of Obviously, the teams are better than TCU, but I think you can kind of share a similar um, reasoning with it, kind of like a Terry McLaurin. Like, obviously, he had a really good season, but his season wasn't, like, like really, really good. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was good, like, in the terms of he broke out at Washington and for the Redskins, kind of set his name out there as the wide receiver one, but it's not like he was winning you fantasy championships type of season. Um, yeah, I guess you could – the big thing with Rager, I think, now is the combine will tell. Um, people are saying he's going to run a sub-4-3. People have been making bets that him versus Ruggs, he's going to run faster. He's going to test out through the roof. Um, he's just an athlete. So we'll kind of have to see how, like most of these guys, kind of what teams buy and where. I kind of envision him like the the end of round one, um, like a Saints or like a Packers or 
some type of team maybe trading back up or maybe snagging him and kind of solidifying that wide receiver two on their team. Mm-hmm. We'll move on now. Um, I guess we don't need to do Jerry Judy because that's your tier two. But also in your tier two, you have LaVisca Chenault. I have him in there in my tier two along with Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins. So um, LaVisca Chenault, we'll just start with him. So basically he got injured this year. Um, it's kind of if you're not really like following it and you just see like the stats, you know that it was not that good of a season for him. He was projected – I think the start of the year by a lot of guys is the widest receiver one in this class. Um, very, very, very athletic, um, like non-prototype receiver. He's just a very big playmaker. He's big. He kind of reminds me of like a Jalen Rager play style, but kind of has the body of like Alshon Jeffrey. It's kind of like how I kind of like to mix it in with him. But the big thing with him is, like I said, low stat season. Steven Montez is not a very good quarterback. Um <laughs> He was okay, but it was not. It was kind of like a TCU situation. Out of his 764 yards, 425 of them came after contact. To kind of put it in perspective, how bad the situation was he was in. So he had to create over half of those yards just himself, which is not that doesn't mean like the offense is bad in general, but that just shows how really, really good he is with the ball in his hands. Uh, he was using the backfield quite a bit, like as a running back. He, I think, he threw a pass or two in a couple games his junior year. Just a very utilized utility type receiver. Um, and like I said, he was injured, but he still maintained 110 wide receiver rating uh, via Sports Info Solutions, which was kind of in that like 20 to 30 range for receivers. Uh, yeah. Break down why you think Chanel is ahead of like Rager, Higgins, and Jefferson. Yeah, well, I just think body size, um, flexibility in an offense, it's, it's kind of it's crazy. We see normally these guys that can run the ball, throw it, play wide receiver, play in the slot, play everywhere on the field. Normally we're seeing a lot smaller in size. They're trying to uh, tuck away these people in their offensive system. But, I mean, 6'2", 220. He is not someone you're going to hide. I believe he has a really, really good chance at being very successful almost immediately in the NFL. Uh, Only issue, obviously, is there's some some injury concerns. Um, His injury this year was very much not put out in the open. Uh, I did some digging. It was a core injury. Mm -hmm. Kind of backtracked him a little bit. Obviously, would have loved to see those numbers go up, four touchdowns only, but chalk that up to injury and a poor team. I think you get them on a solid offense. You know, all these receivers on a solid offense can do a lot of damage, but I think it would really, really benefit Chenault uh, to go on a team with already an established wide receiver on the other end, um, can help him be very dominant as a receiver. And uh, when when looking at him, I saw a little bit of hints, and I know this is, this is obviously an extreme, um, definitely a, a ceiling uh, comp here. I saw a little bit of Brandon Marshall, the ability to mm-hmm. dominate one-on-one, uh, extremely physical wide receiver for his size. Obviously, Brandon Marshall is about three inches taller, so not a great comparison in the size. But domination on the field is, is really, really big for me, especially when you're going against higher quality corners and more physical players on the defensive end. Yeah, and he is um, kind of along with that injury. He is going to run the 40, but he is not going to do any of the other drills. We found that out uh, today just based off Twitter, which I kind of figured because I think he wants to prove what he can do injured in terms of the 40 because I think people are just kind of like um, knocking his speed, I guess you could say. They're not necessarily like saying he's slow or anything, but I think that speed, that 40 score, that 10-yard burst, that 20-yard burst is really going to help propel him up the draft boards. Personally, if I'm drafting a team, I would rather have – if Chanel can run good, I would rather have Chanel than Reger, Um mm-hmm. just off the dynamic score. Obviously, it's not really fantasy, but that's just like overall football in, in general. 
Uh, I'd just rather have a player that can do more. And I, I know if you put Rager in the backfield, I'm sure he can do it. But I think Chenault just brings that instant boost to a contender to kind of work in that wide receiver two, three to eventually be their wide receiver one. Yeah. Um, so now I'm, I guess this is kind of rounding out my tier two and sort of starting your tier three. I have Justin Jefferson and T Higgins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fanboy of the Justin Jefferson. Um, I've, I don't want to put him at the wide receiver one, but I definitely think he has the talent for sure. He's just not as um, much of an athlete as the other ones. And that's just, anyone can tell you that like Jefferson's not going to put up the combine numbers that Lamb, Judy, Rager, even like Chenault and Ruggs are going to put up. It's just the way he is. He's just a pure receiver and not necessarily a athlete. So he was number one in receiver rating uh, sport, via Sports Info Solutions. He put up 1,540 yards on 18, in, in 18 touchdowns on 111 catches. Yes, that was a product of Joe Burrow. Yes, that was a product of the LSU offense. But I think he was he's just so good at what he does, which is a huge slot receiver that I just think it, it's, it's too good to be true for the NFL to me. Six foot three, 192, those are – We'll find out tomorrow with the like the legit sizes, but that was I think probably I'm assuming national championship time when he got weighed via player profiler. But if he can, if he stays like six three, if he can get up to two hundred and still runs like a four five, I think that I don't know. I think the sky's the limit for him if he's going to play the slot in the NFL. I could envision him like on the Packers, on the Saints, um, the Patriots could snag him at the end of round one. I just think New Orleans. Yeah, like it, I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just think like it's too good to be true with where he's at because he's going to fall to a team that's ready to win automatically. Oh. And he's just that safety blanket for a huge, for like an aging quarterback like Brady, Rogers, yeah. Breeze, and this maybe his final year. So I think what kind of brings, what kind of puts you Higgins over Jefferson per se, where I'm Jefferson over Higgins? Well, um, so. We'll get into Higgins in, in just a second, but for Jefferson, I uh, really like his contested catching. Um, very, very slot dominant, obviously you said. Um, I think he uh, has the ability to stretch defense and play anywhere uh, in the wide receiver positions. Um, and, and quarterbacks can lean on him. I, he's able to make plays. He, he doesn't have to rely on going deep every play. He does. He's not a middle-of-the-field kind of guy. Sorry, not like a medium-range throwing mm-hmm. or deeper kind of guy. You can – throw short routes to him deeper, whatever you got to use for him. He's really, really good for quarterbacks to lean on, get a bunch of yards. That's what we saw with Burrow a lot. Uh, I broke down the, um, the Florida film uh, for Justin Jefferson and just picking apart on just short plays. And eventually those just start building up for, um, for a defense, just continuing to get yards, get yards, get yards, get yards. And he's, he's just a very, very talented slot receiver um, can translate well in the NFL, even with uh, blow up and stats this year, I think, he still can be a solid wide receiver too uh, coming out of the gates next year. Yeah. And I think that your blow up in stats, you mentioned that people might not be onto him. And I think that's kind of why I drew into him at mm-hmm. first. Cause like, I didn't really like realized how good of a season he had. Um, like just watching the games. Cause Jamar chase is the one who took over, but he was still able to do that with the 50 plus catches that Alaire had with Terrence Marshall, who's a better prospect than chase and Jefferson coming into college. It was just, I don't know. We don't really need to touch on him too more because I think they kind of, people kind of understand our values on him. Um, T. Higgins, like you mentioned, yeah. six foot four, uh, 216. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, works, uh, works whole field, uh, able to, cast, uh, to win contested. I, I mentioned contested catching a lot because of the importance of it uh, when it comes into the NFL. 
you, you got to be physical. It, it, the, the NCAA to the NFL, uh, as far as cornerback uh, aggressiveness, we could say, uh, is remarkably different. Um, a lot more scrappy cornerbacks in the NFL fighting for every single ball. you got to be able to win contested catches. It translates incredibly well into the NFL. Um, and then being able to work the whole field for him is, is obviously vital as well. Um, and, and he put up some solid stats this year, uh, over 1,000 yards, put up um, – 1,113 touchdowns, about 60 receptions. Really, really solid stuff out of Higgins. I think a um, little bit of a backseat to Ross. I think Justin Ross is going to be the number one wide receiver coming out next year. But I don't think he was completely hidden in that in that offense, and he could be very, very good for a team. Obviously, starting uh, about a wide receiver two coming in, it, it would be really phenomenal stuff from him. Yeah, I think him. I think he could be the biggest riser for me um, post combine. Like I said, six foot four, two sixteen, uh, sub nineteen breakout age, ninety uh, six percentile at eighteen point six, ninety third percentile yards per reception at nineteen point eight uh, in college. But like you said, physicality is a must in the NFL. Um, we kind of saw that knock off. I was listening to the Footballers podcast with Brandon Cooks, kind of like a little bit of why he fell off. Obviously, completely different type of receiver, but like you can just see that drop off when you're not able to get open in the one on one coverage, which is what Higgins is going to draw because mm-hmm. he's not going to play I mean he can play a slot by all means but he's not going to be like your motion guy running the the little like crossing routes it's just not how he's going to play um he only caught 59 of 75 catchable targets via sports and so info solutions and I don't want to like be like oh that's why I don't like him but the ball's coming from Trevor Lawrence and you're playing in the ACC I would think that the 59 out of 77 75 would be like I don't know I feel like that'd just be a little bit better um but if he can run fast if he can run a four five I'm all in yeah and if he can I'm gonna watch his gauntlet very closely because if he is just smooth with the way he runs through the gauntlet I think it'll just be telling for him for sure the only question I have about him is I don't know how high or low his stock's gonna be um it's hard to gauge based off now because people are just doing random mock drafts. Obviously, you can go look at, like, the big-name guys making mock drafts, but they have no clue. Like, you know, how much more do they know than, like, we do type thing? Um, I could see Higgins going as early as, like, the Bills and, like, the mid-teens, but I could see him fall all the way to end of day two just because teams might trade up and get their guys and they might just move down type thing. So, it'll be – he'll adjust after the combine, but then if he gets draft capital, I think he's up there with guys like Jefferson Chenault maybe even tier one, because he is one of the best athletes um, that's come out the last three years just based off the numbers alone. Um, and we've seen him play, especially the championship game, when he had that one Moss catch that was a pass interference, but we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, well, um, obviously, unlike last year where we see where we saw a bunch of teams climb up for wide receivers we didn't even think should be valued in, like, day two, um, teams are obviously knowing coming into this year there's so many good wide receivers in this class that they can afford to move on to the next days, uh, whether it be pushing guys that we think should be like day one guys or day two guys going back, you know, backtracking one whole day because of how many talented guys there are in this class. So don't be too discouraged. If you see Higgins fall, look for the landing spot. I think that's going to be most important. And um, that's really going to show how effective he can be almost immediately. I still think he can grow into a solid wide receiver, whether or not what team he goes to. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a DK Metcalf situation like last year. You can kind of throw that out there. He was end of round two, and everyone was like, 
oh, he can't do a three cone, and he fell all the way to the end of round two. He sucks. And then you're like, oh, wait, he's the wide receiver one in Seattle. Like, it was just – yeah, like you said, we'll have full recaps or ranking recaps afterwards and all that to kind of give our final thoughts on it. But I think as of now, he has to be one of the – he's like on a teeter-totter, I guess you could say. Post-combine, post-draft, he can go way up or he can go way down. So I think it'll be exciting to see him progress. Absolutely. So your tier – I guess it'd be like your tier four kind of matches up with my tier three. So we can just kind of dig into mine. So I have Tyler Johnson, Henry Ruggs, and KJ Hamler. Okay. It's tough because I love Tyler Johnson. The NFL does not. And I think everyone is on board. Um, every non-NFL player is on board with us, but every NFL guy is not on board with Tyler Johnson. So obviously he was not invited to the Senior Bowl. He was invited to the Shrine Bowl, but he backed out. Um, he said he was going to focus on the Combine. He did return for his fourth year in Minnesota last year to break the the recept- I think it was the receiving record at Minnesota and to obviously get his degree. So he was going to come out last. Well, not going to come out, but he was projected to come out last year. I think he would have been, I don't even know, top three in last year's class. I think he's just he's so good, but it's been so kind of. The, I don't know. Like I just don't. He, teams are just kind of leaving him in the dust. But we'll kind of break down his numbers here. Breakout age nineteen on the on the dot, ninetieth percentile, dominator. 98th percentile at 57.2%. That is insane. Like, and I know it's Minnesota, but they had Rashad Bateman there. They had a really good year this year, but in the past, that's a cumulative dominator. So as the past three years, he just, I don't know, he's got to install the show in Minnesota. Now that's not saying much. They've only been really good this last year, but he's just a playmaker. College yards per reception, 82nd percentile, and demanded a 29.2% target share as a sophomore. So that is what guys like Judy – and like Rager and then we're putting up like this year obviously it's a different school but like just to put it in context that's very elite and the wide receiver you watch the film I'm sure you've watched film it's yeah yeah um great I mean I I see I and this may hurt some people um (laughs) based on my comparison here but I see him as a as a more hyped maybe a little bit better Zay Jones um mainly because the quantity shown and all the stats compiling up and the reception totals, it, it gives me hints at, like, obviously he can dominate uh, with a really, I would say, I would say solidly good. I would say they're, they're a pretty good offense. I think P.J. Fleck did an incredible job with this team, row the boat all day long. But I, I don't know. Because I, I, I obviously, my mom went to East Carolina. So I watch their games um, whenever I can. Um, I kind of get that same vibe with him where he can – he can clearly dominate on a pretty good offense, but I want to see him when thrown onto a really good offense facing elite corners every single day in the NFL. Um, so really I'm kind of back burnering him. Uh, I want to see where he goes, um, how it's a fit. He, he's definitely a landing spot dependent kind of person with me where like when Zay Jones came out and went to Buffalo, I had to jump off that train almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's going to be the huge thing. That's kind of where everyone's at on um, landing spot whether that's late day two, midday two, or even day three, which is not out of the question by any means. I don't think he's going to test, like, through the roof by any means because he's not, like, a huge athlete like Lamb and Judy are, but he's just a good overall football player. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Like I said, I don't really like making rankings set in stone. I like doing the tiers, but even then it's – I don't know. Like, it's not, like, something I love doing. That's why we're really only doing it for, like, this week and just kind of yeah. letting everyone else do it while we then recap it after the draft. Um 
Yeah, I think that's all we got about to say, got to say about him. Uh, if you want to watch some dominant film, just go watch his film, and you'll be every single play. It's like Jamar Chase film, but in Minnesota, to me, is kind of how I compare it. Mm-hmm. Next guy, Henry Ruggs. Um, sadly, who the Broncos are probably going to take at pick 15. Not sadly. In terms of fantasy, which this show is about, sadly. But in terms of overall football, I think it'll be beneficial. Um, so he um, – I'm, I'm going to say the fastest player in this class because he probably is. He today said that he's going to break the 40 record. Um, yeah, whatever. We're just going to move off that. But I, I still think Rager's going to run faster. I think Ruggs yeah. is going to run like a four – Oh, I don't know, four two seven, four two eight, and yeah, that's fast. But here's the deal: he never broke out, never had over a thousand season, thousand yard season. I know it's Alabama, I know it's tough, but we see people do it all the time. Even the wide receiver twos break out all the time, that type of thing. Players produce even though they're not the main guy at Alabama. He was eighty third percentile in yards per reception, which that is good. But you'd think if he's so fast and such a good playmaker that he would have had more um, or a higher percentile. I don't know. I'm just not like I know he's gonna downfield stretcher is good, but I'm just not like oh my gosh, like he's gonna be an elite wide receiver in the NFL. He kind of reminds me of like a less talented Deshaun Jackson, but like a more talented. Oh, I don't know, John Ross, you could say. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, no, I, that's a that's a pretty solid comparison. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's just. It's not special to me. Seven touchdowns, 700 yards. I mean, if you have that speed, you should be at least eclipsing 1,000. I, I get the offense that you're in. Um, but, you know, it, it's hard because we played the game with Justin Jefferson. A lot of people have avoided playing this game with rugs where we're like, it's just a factor of Joe Brady and LSU. Mm-hmm. But why isn't it a factor for Henry Ruggs and Alabama and Nick Saban? I mean, with sure, there's a lot of talent and a lot of people to give the ball to, but I would have loved to see a little bit more out of him. I, I think he's just he's just a factor of excellent guys around him. Obviously, if he gets thrown to uh, – goodness gracious. I mean, maybe uh, – and it's so hard because it's like what team kind of replicates Alabama in the NFL? He's, he's not mean, making it past Philadelphia. Broncos will get him. Philadelphia will get him. Bills might. There's, and he's going to go around one. Yeah, I don't want to see him on those teams. I mean, he's got to be in a situation where he's not the main guy everyone's looking at. Mm-hmm. And if he is, I mean, I don't see him. I don't see him doing very well in the NFL, which is unfortunate. But I do think his speed will give him capital and opportunity, which we can we can look at very highly at least here. Um, teams will stick with him a little bit longer, but I don't know. I mean, he's just one of those guys. It's hard for me to want to buy into. Yeah, the thing with him is he's going to be a great NFL player, I think, just because of the way he's going to be used. Um, if he lands in the Broncos, I think that's huge considering that we got Pat Shermer. We're going to switch to a downfield play-action stretching offense, which is what he would thrive in. Um, there's just, just a red flag in terms of – because obviously we're basing this off talent, overall prospects. We'll readjust after landing spot. Um, I could easily see him being a Tier 2 guy just if he goes to – I don't know. I'll say he goes to the Saints. Like, he'd have to put him tier two. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way you could leave him out because mm-hmm. then it becomes talent, landing spot, and projection. Like, it's – we'll obviously break it down, like I said. But it's just he is a good downfield stretcher, and that's about it. But if you had Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson is a good downfield stretcher, a good receiver, a good one-on-one playmaker. I, it's just – there's a red flag that I think everyone sees, and they're just kind of waiting to make assumptions about it. Um, mm-hmm. 
So with that, we'll go on to the player that is not a red flag in KJ Hamler. Similar player. We'll probably run about a four two seven, same speed. He says he wants to run the record too, and he he says he can. Um, and I kind of believe in watching his film. I didn't really like. I his name stood in the back of my head um, throughout the college football season, and then once I kind of got like heavy into like actually like looking at the stuff, he popped right off the page. Um, stats aren't that great, but he did have over six hundred special teams yards in two seasons, which obviously you could be like, well, he might not be the punt returner in the NFL, but that just shows the dynamic ability, the playmaking ability that he does have. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're fielding a punt, you're catching the ball and you got to snap your fingers and go and make plays. So obviously it just shows that his quick twitch is there. He's able to juke, spin, all that stuff. He's just able to make a play on the spot, which I think is huge, especially for an undersized guy like him. Um, I don't know what he's going to weigh in. I'd be what, tomorrow? Yeah, or today, I guess, when you're hearing this. He's five foot nine, one seventy four via – player profile that is very small however I don't want to say we haven't seen size not or small size work in the NFL because you look at a guy like Julian Edelman he's right around that size and he's thrived for x amount of years so I think Hamler is a discount Henry Ruggs to me um every part of me wants the Broncos to get him in round two I think he will I don't think he can get into round one even if he blows up the combine but I think he's kind of stuck in that not stuck but I think he's kind of set in that early round two to mid round two, just because he is that next Henry Ruggs. Um, Cause they're really, they're really the only two speedy burner type receivers in this class. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you could throw in Rager there as well with yeah. uh, speedy wider series, but I mean, his speed's great. I think he's a big electric playmaker, but again, another one of those guys uh, this time specifically focusing on his size that I want to see, I want to see how it begins to translate in the NFL and obviously, that's that's not like immediate. Uh, do I draft him in rookie drafts? Kind of content out of me, but it, it's hard to judge a player like this without knowing a his situation, b what his coaches are going to want to do with him in that situation, and see if it's if his size is going to translate because we don't see too many guys no. successfully do what he does with his size. I want to see it in the NFL. I want to see how it functions. Yeah, and I think you hit it right on the head with we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Um... However, I don't think landing spot's going to matter a huge amount for him um, just because it's the way he – the prospect he is, the, the prototype receiver he is. But I think he'll be value-dependent or ADP-dependent um, for sure if we're on or off him. Um, so that is rounding out our top three tiers, um, mine more so, more in-depth than his, just how it is right now. Obviously, that will change. So um, if you liked this series, um, thumbs up, subscribe, let us know how we did next week me tyler and other team member Dwayne, uh we're going to be breaking down just an overall combine recap and then we're going to kind of kick that off into free agency content and then sort of not pivoting away from rookie content but just kind of shifting more to redraft which is what this channel is based yeah. on so thank you so much for listening uh tyler thank you uh, my point yeah. wait no that way and then <laughs> um yeah let us know how you feel uh, about it subscribe and like comment Comment about Tyler Shades down below, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks, guys. That'll do it for this episode. If you can gain any value, please subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel and leave a rate and review for both. Also, be sure to give us a like and a follow on our social media. Visit our ever-evolving website, and don't be afraid to shoot us a DM so we can assist you one-on-one. You can find all of those links in the descriptions. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in.
For Lucas Kaser and Tyler Moss, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.